Hello, and welcome to the James Sheets Podcast. This podcast features the sermons and preaching messages of James Sheets, who pastored throughout West Virginia for many years. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave a five-star review and share a memory of James with us. Let's listen as Pastor James Sheets begins his message. Because though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not love, that's what the word charity means, have not love, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains and have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not love, it profits me nothing. Let me ask you, of all the things that you cannot do without, how high on the list would love be? Would it not be certainly high and perhaps the first thing on your list of things that you absolutely must have in your life to survive. If you are unloved, there is a vacancy in in your life that must be filled. Must be filled. I can remember my days of teaching school. I taught everything from sixth grade through twelve. But one of the things I discovered, particularly amongst those little sixth graders, was that they needed to be loved by their teacher. And they not only needed to receive love, but they needed to give it. And many times the reason they were so desirous of being loved by their teacher was that they weren't getting it anywhere else. At home. And perhaps they didn't have a church to give it. If there is anything that a church needs to provide, it's love for its own people and for the people that are not its own, for the community. A parent expects little more from the child than the child respond in love. A child is starved for the affection that only the parent can provide. Wives and husbands must give and receive it. Many times, men, our wives, I'm sure, tell us, I won't ask any of you men to admit it, but you probably aren't too open in telling your wife that you love her. We men are just that way, it seems, unfortunately. I heard a story of a wife who finally asked her husband, Do you love me? His response was, Well, I married you, didn't I? Somehow or other, they don't accept that as sufficient enough answer. There does need to be verbalization and demonstration of our love for the person that we call our wife or our husband or our children and for each other. 
There needs to be that same kind of love within the church between the pastor and the church members. A pastor must love his congregation. If he does not, he will not be successful as a pastor. But, in return, a church must love their pastor if they will allow him to be successful. There must be mutual affection, mutual love. Now, I did not say that I would expect you to always agree with the pastor. I don't expect you to always agree with me. I would expect sometimes you would actually take me to task and and just get after me fiercely if you don't agree with me. But we will do our differences in love. We will respect each other because we are God's children. And we will love with our full heart from the pew to the pulpit. And when that takes place, we'll have a church that will have revival. Because we're going to love each other as pastor and church in a very real way. There must also be love from pew to pew, from one member to another. And if we don't have the desire to love each other, we're going to find it difficult to love God. This is paramount. So I go back to asking you the question that I began with. What is there that you would put high on your list of things that you cannot live without? And I think you'll have to say, I cannot live without your love. And when I say your love, I'm talking about the one to another within a congregation. There must be the same kind of love between God and man. Can we say that God does not love us? No, we cannot. Because he gave the greatest sacrifice of his own son to die on the cross to demonstrate his love for us. Can we do less in dealing with each other? Back in the book of Deuteronomy, I want to read Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 12. And it says this, And now, Israel, what doth the Lord thy God require of thee but to fear the Lord thy God, to walk in all his ways, and to love him, and to serve the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul? That's what the Lord requires. Now go over to Mark. I think you want to turn to this. Mark chapter 12, beginning of verse 28. One of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together and perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, What is the first commandment of all? Jesus answered him, The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind and with all thy strength, 
This is the first commandment. And the second is that Namely this. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. Notice there were two commandments. One a little bit higher than the other, but both are the very much importance that we shall love the Lord our God with all our heart and love our neighbor as ourselves. All right, go on, verse 32. And the scribe said, Well, Master, thou hast said the truth. There is one God, and there is none other but He. And to love Him with all thy heart, and with all thy understanding, and with all thy soul, and with all thy strength, and to love his neighbor as himself, is more than all whole burnt offerings and sacrifices. And Jesus saw that he answered discreetly, and he said unto him, Thou art not far from the kingdom of God. Did you hear that? Jesus gave the commandment, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And the man comes back and says, Master, I know that's right. I know it's right. I know that a person must love God more than anything else, and he must love his neighbor as himself. And this is more important, more important, he said, than obeying all of the commandments, obeying anything else, doing anything else better than church attendance, better than prayer, better than sacrifice, better than bird offerings, better than anything. The thing that was important was that people love God and love other people. And Jesus said, when you do that, you're not far from the kingdom of God. Brother, if you do those two things, you're in the kingdom of God. You cannot be outside the kingdom of God and love the Lord with all your heart and love your neighbor and yourself. You will be within the framework. There are three loves in the Bible that we must consider. First of all, and primary, and that's what I read from Revelation chapter 2, the first love is to love God. The second love is to love our brethren, each other. And the third love is to love the lost. Now, we're starting toward revival. I don't know if you've recognized the plan of the sermons that I've been preaching, but they've all been here to prepare us for that week so that we as a church are ready to do what the Lord has put us here to do. If we're going to win the lost, we're going to love them. If we won't love the lost, they won't be saved. We will demonstrate God's love for them by our love for them. If we will not love the lost, we'll not save them. But listen, we can't love the lost until we love our brethren. And we can't love our brethren unless we love God with a supreme love. Above everything else, Ephesus have left loving God. They have lost their first love. And as a consequence, they weren't loving each other, and they weren't loving the last. Because they didn't love God. I want you to think back. 
some of you will have to think back very far. You teenagers listen. You all of us listen too. Remember your first love letter that you ever received or wrote. I suppose you men might remember the first love letter you ever wrote. I remember my first love letter. I found out what happened to it not too long ago, 40 years ago. Plus, I wrote that first love letter just as a teenager. The girls in whom I wrote told me that she went down under the house because the house was off the ground and sat under there to read it and she put it up on the sill and she left it there. Just a few years ago, when they rewired the house, the electrician found that love letter I wrote to her. <laughs> Remember how when you did that, how your heart was filled to bursting, you couldn't think anything else, you couldn't eat, you scribbled the name of the person that you were love with over and over and over, you were so head over and heels in love that you couldn't stand it until you could get a glimpse of that person you love. Remember that, sir? You really do. Okay. Just want to check him. You teenagers, maybe are now on that, the throes of that first love. It was so full that you were nearly to burst. Wasn't that great? That's the kind of love that the Lord is talking about that we need for Him. That so saturates us that we can't eat or sleep or think anything else but our first love. But Ephesus had lost it. Well, at first, I don't know if any of you married your first love or not, but probably most of us did not. You know, we went on down the road, we lost the first love, we had a second and the first. Finally, the one came along that would take us, I suppose. The psalmist said, I love thee, O Lord, my strength. Whom have I in heaven but thee? There is none upon earth that I desire beside thee. You're number one. lots of activity in the church. A fine attendance this morning, but that's the attendance that we've had since, since I've been here now about, I don't know, four months or some such thing. We're seeing activity, all kinds of preparations for the revival. But listen, the Lord doesn't need this. There's only one thing the Lord needs. The Lord needs for you and me to love it. That's all. And when we love Him, we'll see results. We'll see our churches full. We'll see people saved because He's going to reward our love and our love will spill over in the lives of other people. That's demonstrated this morning. Some of you love the Lord so much that your love just spilled over into other people this morning. And that's one of our The Lord sent 70 people out to preach. 30 preachers out on the street. Sent them out in his power. This is in Luke chapter 10. You ought to read it sometime. You're going to read it for him. 
When they came back from that preaching tour, they were just all above them. And they said, my, even the devils responded to the mention of your name. The Lord said to them, do not rejoice at what you have done, but rejoice that your name is written down in heaven. Let's not be so oversaturated with what we are accomplishing that we forget what has happened to us as an individual. God loved us, and because of his love for us, our name is in heaven. We should not be satisfied with what we are doing for him, but we certainly can be satisfied as to what he has done for us. But Ephesus was a fallen church. They had lost their first love. Their communion with God had slipped. Their devotion to God had gone by the wayside. Their Bible study had slipped. Their prayer life had slipped. God had ceased to be paramount in their life. And he criticized them because they weren't a church of love. There are two Greek words in the Bible that, that means love. One is agape, A-G-A-P-E. -E. The other one is phileo, E-H-I-L-E-O. You perhaps have had, heard the word agape. That's talking about supreme love, the kind of love that God had for you and me. It's loyal love. It's devoted love. It's a love that will go to the uttermost, to the far stretches of our abilities to provide a love for someone or, uh, or God. Phileo is means affection. A lesser type love. Yes, I love you, but no, I won't go to the ends of the earth for you. Similar to the letter, that letter that a boy wrote to his girlfriend when he put all these things in, I will go to the ends of the earth, I'll go through fire, I'll go through water, and as a bottom he wrote, yes, if it doesn't rain, I'll sing you Saturday night. This is the way we sometimes love God. We'll do all kinds of things for Him. We will shout agape when it comes down. We're not much more than Philea. God wants agape. Jesus said to Peter after the resurrection, Peter, do you love me? The word that, he, that the Lord used was agape. He said, Peter, do you agape? Do you love me with this supreme love that I want? Now Peter said, Yo, Lord, you know I love you. But we've got to understand the Greek. The Greek word was phileo. He said, Yes, Lord, I phileo you. I love you. I have an affection for you. But Peter would not say, Yes, Lord, I love you with a complete devotion. And the Lord had to ask him again. And the third time he had to ask him. And Peter was never willing to commit himself to the supreme love that the Lord was asking for. Now we use that for different purposes, but I want you to understand there are two words that was used there. One was agape, that's what Jesus asked, and, and Peter responded with phileo, which is a lesser type love. He had affection for the Lord, but he wasn't yet ready to go around. He did finally go around, and he loved the Lord with agape, but not at this point in time. The question is, what kind of love do you and I have for the Lord? Which means also, very close to it, what kind of love do we have for each other? And Ephesus had lost it. And he commanded them to repent. And he said, if you do not repent, 
I will bring judgment upon you. What he said was, I will remove your candlestick out of his place. This was talking to the church. What was he saying? I'll turn your lights out. If you don't agape, preachers may preach and singers may sing and teachers may teach and deacons may deacon. And we can do all kinds of things in the church that if we don't have it being accomplished because we have a heart of love and we'll give it in that manner, we're going to have our lights out. That's a top I want to challenge you this morning as a church and as individual Christians as a part of this church. That you reevaluate your love for the Lord. We all do. And when you say to me, and I say to you, as we have already this morning, and we say to each other, I love you. We might be saying, I have which means I have an affection for you, which is fine. But when it comes to saying, I love the Lord, I challenge you to say it with God. To do it. Then we will. Then we will have the lost. Will you, as a member of this church, or even if you're not a member of this church, witness? Will you take your stand to reaffirm your love for the Lord and as a demonstration of that love, reaffirm it to each other and for the lost? Would you bow your heads? Let it head down in the eye. Before we sing an invitation to we're asking each Christian that sits in this congregation this morning to reevaluate your love. What kind is it? Would you be willing to love the Lord with a deeper love than you have now? And would you be willing to love each other and to love the community, to love the church? In a, in a greater way than you have in the past. You would, re, you would dedicate yourself this morning to renew your love life. Would you just lift up your hand? Nobody's seeing you. Yes, I see those hands going up. So I'm rededicating myself to love like I've never loved before. Others? Yes, I see you. Yes. God bless all. Our Father, the love that we have seen in this church for you and for each other has been good and great. But we want to make it bad. Because we want to demonstrate our love for you. Our Father, if there is in this congregation this morning that is not a Christian. We 
pray that you will speak to them this morning. That they might be willing to join this band of love that will cause us to love each other with a heart full of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you like what you hear, hit the subscribe button. You'll receive automatic notifications and downloads when a new message is added to the podcast. Also, please leave a five-star review and take the opportunity to share stories, memories, and appreciation for James Sheets and how God used him to impact your life. If you'd like to know why and how this podcast got started, check out our first episode. Lastly, if you want to donate to help offset the cost of operating this podcast, you'll find a link to our PayPal account in the podcast description and email us at james.com sheets.podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and remember to trust in God for today and for all of your tomorrows.